Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we discuss powerful truths to counter anxiety and fear, big and small. At Holy Love Ministries, we are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and experience soul, deep, emotional, and spiritual freedom. And we want to inspire you to share that freedom with others. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn about one of our upcoming events, how to book one of our speakers for your next event, or simply how to connect with us. Your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Jennifer Slattery. And like many of you, I have experienced numerous transitional seasons in my life, and I haven't always handled those well. Maybe you can relate. A lot of us like to remain kind of camped out in the familiar. We like to know precisely what's ahead, when we're going to get there, how we're going to get there, every step we're going to take. And many of us can also feel uncomfortable with change and the unknowns. And I think it's because that strips the familiarity that can feed our illusion for control. And really, I I think we're asking, can I trust God where I'm at right at this moment? Can I trust that he is good for me today in this present season? And if you found yourself wrestling with those types of questions, you're going to be really encouraged by today's guest, Nikki Koziars. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Nikki Koziars is an ECPA bestselling author, and she's a speaker with Proverbs 31 Ministry. She speaks nationally at conferences, retreats, and meetings. She also hosts her own podcast, Lessons from the Farm. An evangelist at heart, Nikki inspires others to become the best version of who God created them to be. She, her husband, and their family, they run a small farm just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, which they affectionately call, I love this, the Fixer Upper Farm. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> but you can find out more. And she, she actually talks about that a little bit in her book, but you can find out more at NikkiCoziars.com. And I will put that in our, her link in our show notes. So her book, Your New Now, Finding Strength and Wisdom When You Feel Stuck Where You Are, released this past March. And in it, she offers wisdom from the life of Moses and insights that God has taught her through her own transitional season. So I'm going to go ahead and read from the back cover. It says, life prepares us for a lot of things until it doesn't. I love that. Because at some point, we'll find ourselves stuck at the crossroads of what was and what is yet to be, desperately wondering, what on earth am I supposed to do now? 
Yet this in-between space doesn't have to be one of fear, frustration, uncertainty, and sleepless night. Best-selling author and Proverbs 31 speaker Nikki Koziars knows well the vulnerable and lost feelings of transitional seasons. Digging into the life of Moses, like I said, and sharing her own struggles and successes, she gives readers a practical biblical plan to discover and thrive wherever they are at and to learn to live with purpose and expectancy. I love that word, Nikki, expectancy, even when life pauses in an unfamiliar now. And and I really love kind of how you launched your book, this quote, sometimes transition is ugly and sometimes it's beautiful. But the fortunate thing is that even what starts ugly has the opportunity to end in beauty. And I think that's such great truth. Like, why did you feel that was so important to remind readers at the very beginning? Well, I think it's because a lot of times we think about transition in a negative way. And for sure, I think we could think of more negative transitions than we could positive ones. But I just wanted to make sure that readers had that hope right off the bat to know that even though from where you sit right now today, it could look ugly and really messy that by the end of this journey, God could really make it beautiful. I love that. And you, in your book, you discuss four main life seasons. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners? Yes. So, well, let me give you a little background first. (laughs) Sure, absolutely. (laughs) So basically, I did a survey of several hundred women and I asked them about the various transitions that they were in in their life. And one of the things that was just so fascinating to me was that no matter whether it was a brand new mom, a mom sending a kid off to college, a woman just starting her career, a woman ending her career, a woman getting married, a woman getting divorced, they all found themselves using the same language in this survey that we sent out. And so what I realized is after studying their responses and also studying the life of Moses in the Bible, is that I kind of put everyone's answers into these four different categories that I realized were seasons. And so the seasons are based on the life of Moses. They go in his order, but our order of seasons do not necessarily fall just like Moses just did. So the first season that we talk about in the book is the season of development. And then the second season is the season of separation. And then the third season is the season of cultivation. And season number four is the season of finished. Why is it important to recognize the season we're in and then to embrace that? So I think one of the most fascinating things that I hear back from people as a writer is when people say, you put into words what I didn't know how to say. And I love that when I read a book and I feel like this person, like that's that's what I'm feeling, like that's the word. And so transitions are not something we really talk about, especially how to do them well. You know, we prepare for all kinds of things in life, like you prepare to become a mom or to send your kids to school or to start a job. But then you get there and it's just like, it feels weird. And so I really wanted to make sure that I gave the reader the language for the season that they're in right now so they could say, okay, I may not know where I'm going, but at least I know what God is doing in my life right here and right now. Yeah. So do you think failure to recognize those seasons can lead to increased anxiety? Oh, absolutely. And you know, something even worse I think can happen is that we can go from one season to the next and not even realize that we were in transition. And then all of a sudden we're in this next season and we are still carrying all the stuff from the last season and we didn't get that stuff sorted and figured out. And so it can really, like if we are not taking the time to recognize 
where we're at in life. It's just like, I okay, so like here in North Carolina, it's spring outside. Like I can look out my window and clearly see that it is spring. But in our lives, sometimes we don't see transition because it just, it comes in subtly or it doesn't look like we thought it would, or it's not this big thing that we thought it was going to be. So we need to take the time to step back and go, okay, what does my life look like today? What am I feeling right here and right now? And what is God trying to show me in this particular season of my life? Well, that's a great roadmap. I mean, I like how you you engage the feelings and you kind of brought the, the thought process, kind of analyzing it. And then you also brought Christ into it. I think that's really beautiful. And it reminds me of in your book, you encourage readers to make a daily habit of really acknowledging where they're at. Why, why was that important to you? Well, well, I don't know if you've ever experienced what it's like to wish life away. Have you ever done that? Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I remember when my girls were little, I was like, oh, I cannot wait for them to walk. I cannot wait for them to do this. And even in my own process with God, I'm like, oh, I just can't wait till that event's over. I can't wait till I turn this book in. I can't wait till, you know, we're done with that, you know. And so I think a lot of times we spend time just wishing life away instead of, you know, just really, and it's not, I don't want you to hear like, this is about like, let's just breathe in and take in our life. No, we need to sort through some things right here and right now so that when the next season does come, we're able to step into it with that God confidence and say, I am ready to charge forward with this. When you speak about God confidence, so is that what helps to decrease the anxiety that we can otherwise feel? Yeah, I mean, you know, anxiety is such a broad like umbrella. Because, you know, sometimes you're dealing with hormonal stuff. Sometimes you're dealing with emotional stuff. Sometimes it's spiritual stuff. And so I think it's really, it's a hard thing to kind of put under just one umbrella. But I think maybe the word that I would use with this word is like the tension of what you feel. Um, So like waking up and saying, I just like something doesn't feel right in my life. I feel like something's changing, something's shifting. And that can create anxiety if you don't know what to do with that for sure. But then there's other times, you know, where I've woken up and I'm like, I just feel lost right now. Like I've been seeking, I've been searching, and I just don't really know where I land, where I fit in, where I feel like I belong. And those are all very real emotions in the midst of transition. Yeah, well, that's great. And a a lot of our listeners, so this is, they struggle with fear and anxiety. And so I know for them, like they're coming and they're probably thinking, because I think they're naturally struggle with anxiety anyway. And so transitions, I think, can heighten that for them. And so I love your focus on just, you know, some of those steps that maybe can give the, help them take a deep breath and and evaluate where they're at. And, and in your book, so you wrote, quote, our response to what's happening around us brings awareness to what's reflecting from within us. I really I'm going to say that one more time. Because I think it, I, I think it's really important if we recognize that and like hit pause, kind of like what you're talking about, like that daily awareness, right? Because we can just move on with our reactions and not ever really grow from them or like your quote indicates. Let me say this one more time. Our response to what's happening around us brings awareness to what's reflecting from within us. So maybe break that down to our listeners a bit. Yeah. So I'll just be vulnerable. I'll go first. Okay. So Right now, I am in a season of cultivation. God is doing a lot of new things. Things are changing really quickly in my life, and they have been changing really quickly. And it's required some new skill sets, some new 
mindset, some new friendships. Like there's been a lot of like in a season of cultivation, there's a lot of new that comes. And so one of the ways though, that I know that something unhealthy is going on when I look at my own season of transition is when I start to speak things that don't reflect the character of God. Okay. So when I start to say, this is just hopeless, like this is never going to work out. It's never going to get finished. Like we're building a barn right now. I'm like, are we going to meet this deadline? Like this girl's getting married in our barn in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's no, like, it, you know, and so it's really easy not only like with actual life, but like spiritually to start saying those things. And so when we start to hear things coming out of our mouth and our hearts that don't reflect God's character, that's a really good indicator that something is not right inside of us. And we need to hit the pause button and go back to that season and kind of study it a little bit more and to ask God through his word to teach us what it really means to thrive in that place in our lives. And I will tell you, it's not always so cookie cutter. Like, I mean, there's days where I go, you know, it's just like vomit come out of my mouth about, you know, this season. And, you know, and then I get to the end of the day, I'm like, gosh, I just feel like I just spoke nothing but death over everything in this season right now. And I don't want that, even though it's one of the hard seasons of my life. I want to get to the end of it and feel like I was faithful in this here and now. Amen. Amen. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Yeah, and I think that why it's important to really get to know God's character too, right? So for our listeners who maybe are kind of new to the faith or are still kind of investigating I would just encourage you to find a Bible and and get reading. And I'm sure you probably have resources on your website like that that they could find as well. So just just investigate that. What do you think? So in in particular, you talked about season of cultivation and I and I can understand just how that could prick just feelings of potentially insecurity and fear and anxiety. What about when you're in a, a season of development? What kind of insecurities might that kind of trigger? So development is a really hard season. <laughs> And I think most people resist that season the most, especially, so I'm 42, right? And the last thing that I want to do is to walk into a manager's office or a boss's office and then say, you need to develop some, right? Like we kind of think that we get to a certain point in our life where we're like, we've got the education, we've got the experience, like just let me do my thing, right? 
But developing development season is something that is really challenging because most of the time it's something in us that needs to be changed. Okay. And so I use an example in the book of a time I was a unit secretary at a hospital and they had this whole program that was like the development program. And it became this super negative thing because kind of like a three strikes and you're out kind of thing. And so one of the girls that I worked with, she was really resisting this process. Like I was like, fine, I'll watch the videos. I'll do the training. Like, just tell me what I got to do to check the box. Right. But she was like, I've been working here for 20 years. Like I'm not doing all this. And she didn't. And so unfortunately, what ended up happening was she got fired from her job because she flat out refused to develop in that season. And I'm not going to say God's going to fire you from your assignment in life. But I do see, we see it with Moses. He might leave you there a little bit longer than necessary. I mean, we see that with the Israelites in his story, you know, and Moses for, you know, his life is perfectly divided up into 40 years, 40 years, and 40 years. That's a long time to walk through, you know, just four seasons of his life that we can see. And so, yeah, I do think it's important to let God develop you and just say, hey, We might need to work on this. We might need to grow in this area and change some things so that you can become that God confident into the next season. How does knowing God's heart help with that, do you think? Because God, you know, sometimes when we think about God, we think about him like this police officer, right? Like he's just trying to catch us doing something bad or, you know, like he's just angry or, you know, something like that. But, you know, God is, he's a God of love. And he's a God of mercy. He is a God of justice. We do see that in the scriptures, you know, but God's heart is like for his children. And so when I think about the ways that I'm helping my children develop in this season, it's not from a place of like, I better not catch you doing anything wrong. It's from a place of, I want you to be the best version of who you can be. And I think that when we know that that's what God is after with us, it can really help us not feel like we're in trouble or that, you know, we did something wrong or bad or God's upset with us, but he loves us enough to not let us stay in those places that need to be changed. Yeah. And I think recognizing too, that he's allowed us to stay in that season. Even if we think it's because of someone else out of his love and mercy and sovereignty as well. Will you discuss how during, in your book, you discussed how during developmental seasons, we can react from a place of offense. And so I, I imagine in your writing journey, you've received a lot of feedback. Was was that initially challenging? Like, did you ever initially, and if you don't want to share, I'll be like, <laughs> I don't know if you could share as much as you want to share. Now. But, but <laughs> initially, did you find yourself, whether you spoke it out loud or kind of kept it in your thoughts, did you ever find yourself initially reacting from a state of offense? Oh, a thousand percent. Because listen, as a first time author, I was so naive. I was like, everyone is going to love my book and they're just going to eat it up. I just know it. And so when the first, I will never forget when the first hateful email came through. I mean, I could still see the words in my head. And I just remember going, dear curse to me. I mean, it was so bad. She like called me and this was so far from who I am. Like, it just shows you she was just mad at somebody that day. She called me like she said, I reminded her of like a 1940s Baptist preacher's wife. And I was like, oh, wow. Like as far as away. Like, I mean, wow. 
it was absurd. And so yeah, you get absurd comments about your writing that you have to step back and you have to go, okay, is she just having a really bad day and she just needs to take it out on me? Is there any truth in what she is saying right now? If there is, if there's something that I need to work on, like there, there's actually an edit in the book, you're new now. <laughs> there's a number that is wrong and ask me how many emails I've gotten about that number. Wait, Oh, right, right, right. The error. It's like I did not intentionally. Right, right. And once it's in print, there's really nothing you could do. So, but yeah, literally one number off. Yeah. It was a Bible verse. And so, you know, stuff like that, you know, people are just annoyed by it. And you just kind of got to go, okay, there's nothing I can do about that. But then other times, you know, I'll just be honest, like in my early days of writing, there were times that I misquoted scripture. And, you know, that I could have very easily gotten offended by it. But instead, what it made me do is go, you know what? I need to sit with someone who's smarter than me. Praise and God. I make sure that I understand this passage before I'm teaching it so I don't take anything out of context. And so over the last seven years, that's really helped me grow and develop as a writer to not be offended. Now, I mean, there's for sure sometimes I get annoyed. I wouldn't, I don't say that I get like, offended. you're not Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but you know yeah. so yeah. yeah well I think that's a, a beautiful way to look at it. and I've often wondered I, I feel like sometimes in faith communities whether you're a writer or not we expect ourselves to get everything right there's it seems like there's like this undercurrent of shame when we don't that people can get really offended and that keeps them from learning so I think it's awesome that you had a growth mindset and sought help and and then learned how to interpret scripture. Well, I loved a statement that you made, and we're still in the developmental season just because, like you said, it's such a hard, I, I really feel like that's probably will resonate with a lot of people. And so you you wrote, development is a place of divine preparation for what is coming next. And that reminds us back to in the beginning when you talked about the hope. And, and so I, I will say, having read your book, so I did read your full book. And having read your book, hope was very much through it. And I feel like having hope can carry us through really hard stuff, don't you think? I mean, as a follower of Jesus, it's all I have. When, in fact, I was just talking to a friend of mine just right before we did this. And I was like, I don't know how people do this without Jesus. I just don't because it's the only hope that he gives us. And even the reality is, our lives are not going to be perfect. They're, you know, just because you decide you're going to follow Jesus doesn't mean it's just going to all fall into place. In fact, I think it's the complete opposite when we decide to follow Jesus. I think the enemy loves to come after us and make us feel like we're crazy. We're, you know, this isn't real. Don't believe this. All those real questions. And so, yeah, hope is the anchor for what we have as followers of Jesus. Yeah. So what would you say to those who are grieving? past seasons, whether it's, I mean, you did talk about mamas, you know, and so they've got somebody about to enter kindergarten or, or they've got somebody leaving the home or maybe even somebody, you know, some of our men and, and maybe they're about to retire or making hard questions about like my in-laws have decided to move into assisted living. So I, you know, there's grieving there. So what would you say to people who are in that place? Well, grief is for sure a big part of transition. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to grieve 
And that can be really challenging because when you're letting go of a season, if you don't give yourself the time to work through that, that grief, it will follow you from one season to the next. And so one of the seasons in the book I talk about is the season of separation and that, you know, For me, when I look back on my life, it's always been a place of grief. So like losing my mom, losing my brother, my dad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I I mean, yeah. And so those types of places, you know, um, I've really learned to embrace the grief so that it can, grief can teach me, it can help me, it can just learn how to keep moving forward when I deal with the grief. So I think when we're looking back on a season and we feel like, where it gets kind of unhealthy is if we feel like nothing will ever be better than that season. So I see a lot of moms after they gave all of their lives to helping the kids through school, PTO meetings, the soccer games, everything. And they get to the end of that season where they're finished and they're, they're looking around and they're like, nothing will ever be better than this. That's a really dangerous place for someone who's retiring. You know, I'm sure you've heard of people talk about the good old days, right? I hate those conversations. I'm like, what if there's better good old days coming? You amen. Know? Amen. And so that's kind of goes back to that idea of where's your hope at? Is your hope in yesterday or is it in tomorrow and today? So yeah, I definitely think grief can be a huge struggle in the midst of this and seeking counseling and all those things is really healthy. Yeah. Well, I love that you you mentioned counseling as well. I think that can help people who just are maybe struggling to process and, and don't even know what they're feeling. We're going to circle back to cultivation seasons. And so in in the book, you talk about, you emphasize the importance of accepting whatever assignment God gives us in this season. And why do you think that's so important? Or maybe how does failure, our failure to do that, how does that hinder us? So in a season of cultivation, you know, if we like, okay, so for example, one of the things that I'm working towards right now is becoming an equine specialist, because that's a lot of dream that I have with our farm. So if I don't take the steps to cultivate that, to make new friendships, to start new things, to you know, really start putting some seeds in the ground with that, it's never going to happen. Okay. So I'm not where I was with that process, but I'm not where I want to be in that process. And so that's just an example of something that if I don't put in the effort to grow something, nothing's going to come from it. And that's just the unfortunate thing that I think I see happen a lot of times with people is that they say they have these dreams, they have these visions, they have these plans. But then it's time to cultivate it and they don't want to do anything. And so it can get really messy when you don't want to take those steps. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I'm going to bring this back to anxiety because, you know, we address that's one of the big parts of this podcast. We address fear and anxiety. So how can resisting God's assignment, how can that impact our anxiety or maybe increase our anxiety if we kind of have a baseline already? So I think where it could get complicated for someone is when you know God has called you to do something or shown you something to do in your life and you continue to resist it. I have this quote that is in one of my books that says, sometimes God moves the mountain and sometimes God says, circle it again. <laughs> People don't like that quote because no, no. <laughs> yeah. I just want God to move the mountain, Right. But there are times where God's like, okay, well, we're going to keep going around this mountain until we get this. And so, and again, God's not punishing us or, you know, intentionally making us miserable 
or anything like that. He's a good God and he has good things planned for us. He just, he wants our obedience. And so that's what it comes down to. Well, it kind of reminds me of if you've done track or cross country or gymnastics or anything in school and your coach is like, no, one more time, please. We're so, like strengthening and, and and building your perseverance and, and muscle memory and all of those things. So what would you say for those who are like, OK, I want I want to step into this, but I just don't feel like I'm ready. I don't feel like I have what I need. What would you say to them? How would you encourage them? I'll give you a great example. When my husband and I bought this farm that we live on nine years ago, it's 20 acres and it is, I mean, it was an overgrown mess. It was a foreclosed property and it was just a disaster. And I'll never forget, my husband came out here before we even closed on the property. We came out here one night in his truck. He, we lived in a little tiny subdivision with like, I think we had like a third of an acre. It was tiny. Okay. He came out here with our little push mower and he got into <laughs> And he he push mowed that section of the grass. And I was standing there and I was like, do you really think this is like anything out here? And other, he looked at me. He said, everyone has to start somewhere. Wow. Start somewhere. And if you could only see what that one little step turned into, it was messy and it has become so beautiful. That is very, very beautiful. Well, I want to close with this quote. So you wrote in your book, God doesn't need anyone to co-sign for your assignment. And then you also added, and I think this is equally important to remember, and you don't have to fight, push, or earn your way into your next season of assignments from God. I think that's just such a beautiful way to help us take a breath and really enjoy or maybe grieve or whatever God is telling us to do in this season, but be fully present in this season. Why I have so enjoyed our conversation I'm going to tell our listeners about your book one more time. So it's your new now and it's helping. It will equip you to be prepared for whatever season to kind of process through emotionally, see God in that season and and pull some some sound biblical truths from the life of Moses and then some get some handles from Nikki's own experiences with her journey as well. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. To our listeners, thank you for listening. If you haven't done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. And be sure to share it on social media. We would be very encouraged if you would rate it as well. This helps others to find it and it encourages our team. Until next time, may you live with the courage of one who has truly been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.